No, 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 Constance, welcome back to FN Rejects. Are you fucking feeling fucking rejected? Are you feeling like a winner this week? How'd your week go? Did you win something? Did you lose something? Did you try something new? Did you try something old? Did you retry something? Did you pick up a book you put down once? Did you pick up that guitar? Did you play your violin for once, Constance? No, but I did a couple weeks ago. Anyway, thanks for joining me again. This is the sixth episode of Fucking Rejects. It's featuring my friends. Some of you know him. Now you're going to for the rest that don't. Gregory Schneider. He is an ethnographer. Very rad New York individual. I met him years ago. He's part of the whole team. Always comes to the show. Always lit. And he is a doctor, which I didn't realize he was a doctor. I knew he was an academic, and I know him through friends, one of my old band members. Uh, I think that, yeah, they, they used to work together, actually. We talk about it in the interview. <coughs> Gross. All right, I'm back. Now, the sound quality in this boy is going to be a little bit different, you guys, because I got a real studio set up. Uh, yeah, I got like a mic and a mixer and I'm making this thing real. So let's go on this journey. It's going to get better from here on out, but I'm going to still play these punk rock interviews that I got left over because, you know, it's good to just start it. Fuck it. Um, I can worry about perfection or whatever, but I feel like if I keep worrying about perfection, I'm never going to just do the job. So I'm doing it, doing it and doing it well. Anyway, how was your week? My week was pretty okay. Oh my god, I just scared the shit out of myself. <laughs> okay, so I just got this new audio situation and before I was just recording into my computer. Like, I want to start this podcast. I want to start this podcast. Time was going on and on and on. I was going to maybe start with a friend. It didn't work out, which is fine. I have nothing but love for my busy friends. It's dope, but I'm happy to have this project that I'm doing right now and you will <laughs> it'll get better. <laughs> so, basically, Scotty Hart, Scotty Harding, Scott Harding one of my homies, he's an engineer, fabulous dude. He did our record for On High. He showed me the whole setup. I'm like, I don't even know where to start. You know, I worked in clubs for all those years, and I looked at mixers, and I was like, I don't even want to learn them because I don't want these fucking DJs coming in here asking me about them. Now, if you work in New York City in a club where there is music, 
specifically I'm talking about Vaughn Max, bitch. <laughs> you get these DJs who come who aren't regulars and they're trying to figure out the board. That's all they're asking me. So I avoided it to my detriment because now I'm like using audio equipment. Also, when I was in college, I was doing stuff with my friend Dan. We did a bunch of audio projects together. Before really podcasts were podcasts, it was like podcasts had started. But I'm a, I'm a radio head. Like I love public radio voices and all that stuff. And now I got this audio equipment. I didn't know what I was doing. I totally got upsold on something that I did not need. But dude probably just saw me coming. Because first of all, I just came from the sauna that day. And I was like, just mushy brain. Like like today. Like right now. So it's like 1141. Um, April 7th. I think it's the 7th. Yeah. I'm about to head out of town this week. To go do some work. And... Yeah, I'm going to record some people I'm there. So that'll be up in a couple weeks. But in the meantime, I definitely appreciate everybody's feedback and anyone's help. And the reviews are so cool. Like, rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, That helps me out a lot. And, you know, the one thing is, like, the sound quality, people have said. So listen, homies, I'm stepping it up. But I'm still putting out those old... The older, I mean, I'm saying old, like I've been doing this shit for a long time. It feels like older to me now, though. So the first, all the first episodes will still go up. And then you're going to just come with me while I get better at it. Tell your mama. Tell her friends. <laughs> I'm fucking so mushy, Bray, right now. Uh, so today, I, well, first of all, I have like really dope stuff I'm working on. I'm working with this apparel company they make sneakers they work with skateboarders i can't really say it just yet because you know i gotta sign on the dotted line and see what's really gonna happen but it's definitely a great opportunity that i'm really happy for especially because i actually went into their store years ago i just went in there and i remember what i was wearing like a little knee no it was like above the knee hawaii print dress a frame situation with like you know my top my big hat and beautiful beautiful shoes that I wish I knew where they were and you know some type of like cheap ass fake leather coat go up in there and one of the women working were like yo you should you should work here and I bought some sneakers and socks that day and I was looking at her like hmm really like what do you You know I was thinking like how could I work with them because I really actually like the brand a lot obviously I was in there buying something and they used to have a store in Soho, um, or actually NoHo. But it's cool because now it's coming full circle, and I will be working with them going forward, which is very exciting. I'm super excited for the future. I also, as you, <laughs> I bitched about to two people that I interviewed this week. I sent out, I sent out <laughs> an illustration to 53 editors this week, and. I got one response. The response was that my work is really beautiful, but they don't hire outside illustrators. I actually made an animation, too. So I was like, all right, bet. That's I was bummed, though. Like, I was like, uh, okay, great. 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 It's another one in the bag, you know? It was, it was kind of a bummer, but at the same time, I'm like, well, this is actually part of the job. I got to remind myself it's part of the job. Constance, it's part of the job. Keep going. You know, the other end of that is I'm super proud to know that many editors. 
And also that many editors know who I am and at least know my name. And I think a lot of them I've interacted with. And even one of them hit me back today and she just hadn't seen the email. So I, I certainly understand that it's like both sides of it. Like I'm seeing one side. So I definitely want to get an editor on here because I want to just talk about what their, their situation is too because I know that they're not just working by themselves. They're not just like, let me put out this magazine the way I want to. There's a whole lot that comes in with that. There's a lot of things. So I'm actually interested in the whole process from both sides. So that'll come. Soon come, soon come. I don't know when, but it will. But yeah, it was cool. I had a good week. I interviewed some people and got some cool episodes coming up. But today we're talking to Greg Schneider. Yeah, he's he's dope. He's we run in the same circle, but also he is my neighbor. He lives like three blocks down from me, and we both live in Red Hook, Brooklyn. Little cute little neighborhood in in Brooklyn on the water it was kind of the last affordable area when I moved out here it was the last area where you can still get something that was affordable and right now I'm literally actively fighting to stay in this place I've been in housing court for like 10 years y'all yo I came home to the most glorious piece of artwork I've ever seen a fucking eviction notice on my door no actually this time it wasn't on my door they mailed it to me these motherfuckers keep taking my rent checks and not cashing them and dragging me back to court. I swear to God, I could start a whole nother project based on housing stuff. I've been in court probably 40 times. I've probably been in court in 2018. I think I went there 23 times. They don't know what I do and that I work for myself. So, you know, I go up in there. I'm just like, oh, I used to teach. I'm a teacher. I'm missing, you know, whatever. But it's it's a it's a struggle. So if you're dealing with your housing stuff, just know, keep going. You can actually read the laws yourself. You can I've looked at the lawyer's point of view also, like how to get a tenant out. What am I actually up against? And I just know that, damn, I gotta go to court tomorrow. Cause they also don't bet on you showing up, but I always show up, you know, I got a lawyer and stuff. They're great. They've done a really great job helping me keep this place. And it's rent stabilized, basically. If you don't live in New York, that means that the place is um, protected. It's like rent protected. So they can't raise the rent a crazy amount. They can raise it only a certain amount a year. And everyone's getting kicked out of Brooklyn right now. In many, many cities, gentrification is a real, real problem. So that's kind of what I'm looking at now. Uh, anyway, don't worry about me, y'all. I've been dealing with this for years. I'm just going to show up. It's just kind of sucks because I'm leaving out of town to go and do this work. I got stuff to do. We all have stuff to do. Now I got to go spend a few hours up in courts just in that desolate damn place. But I'll do it, though. If you need housing help, just go to nyc.gov. They have, like, a hub for all that stuff. And keep your places, everybody. Let's We're artists. Like, I came to New York to be an artist, and I found this apartment, and it's affordable for me. And there aren't many of them. I live by myself. It's not a big place, but it is it is luxury for me. And, you know, I know that it's a real struggle out here to be an artist and a creator or really just anybody in New York. You got kids and all that stuff. So shout out to all the people really just sticking, sticking it in there, sticking it in and out of it. No, the people that are just really going through it, trying to keep the, the roof over your head, over your head. 
there's resources. We're in this together. Anyway, let's get into something better. I'm really mishmashy, mushy brain today because I went to the gym today. I'm, I have been working out, getting my body healthy, cleaning myself out. It's been a lot of work, and I worked out today. I uh, did some calisthenics, push-ups, old-school stuff, pull-ups, and then I, I got overzealous, went to the hot tub, swam, did a steam room and a sauna. So when I walked out of that gym, I was like, where the fuck am I? Have you ever like done that? You just been dizzy. I was dizzy and confused. Like, am I about to have a stroke? But then I, I was like, oh yeah, just breathe and stuff and actually go sit down after the sauna. So this is why I'm rambling. This is why I'm hot. This is why I'm hot. So let's get into this episode featuring my homie, Greg Snyder. He, we talk about skateboarding. He's a um, doctor of the street stuff, skating, graffiti. He has a couple books out. We talk about his, his journey and where he's going, and now he's working with bikes. And it was delightful to have him here. It was really cool to listen back. We did this interview uh, about two weeks ago on a rainy Brooklyn night. He definitely <laughs> rode his bike down here, and it was really cold. I was like, that's some hardcore shit. So, yeah, enjoy the punk rock sounds. Thank you again. You can follow me on Instagram at FNRejects. It's F with an asterisk, C-K-I-N-G, Rejects. You can um, go on iTunes. I'm on Anchor, Spotify, the whole thing. Look me up. Please subscribe, rate, and review. And tell someone about it. All right, homie. So, let's get in it. I keep saying that. It's because I'm mush brain. My bad. Um. What does Funk Flex do? Drop a bomb. Program and then you put the microphone goes into your computer. What's happening here? I'm just recording straight on my computer. You're just recording. Let's record on the computer's microphone. Yeah. You don't need a special microphone or anything. Well, I'm playing around with it. Well, like the, the first, the first two I've heard, some of them were like. So the first one, I I use this right here, right this setup, and mm-hmm. then the second one I use this mic, but it sounded like. I think the second one sounded good. Really. That's good to hear. Okay. This is so good. I know. That seriously is made from Parmesan. Like, we had a little bit of Parmesan cheese. We had a little bit of some other kind of creamy type brie cheese. I put a small piece of mozzarella because we also made some pizza, so I threw that in and made a bechamel sauce. Then put a little bit of sour cream and then melted the cheese in it. And a little bit of heavy cream. Like, whatever we had. I'm just like, bum, 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 bum. I was like, oh, Put a little red pepper in it. Yeah, the red pepper I just sauteed at the beginning because we had it. I need the rest of It's so good. Thank you. You're welcome. I got concerned that you only had, you had chips and cookies for dinner last night. Oh my god, yeah. Did you I know, that's, that's, the, that's the dad, the old man in me. I'm like, yo, these fools ain't eating. I usually eat, yeah. I usually eat really well, but I was, uh, I was just busy. I was. We recorded early, and then I was fucking busy. I wasn't able to do that shit. 
Well, thanks for coming over. Of course. Yeah, thanks for coming, man. Motherfucking Red Hook. It's my pleasure. I'm, uh, I'm very, I've listened to both episodes so far, and I'm <laughs> digging it. I dug it right from the beginning of, like, the, the concept of rejects, or not really rejects. For me, it's more like rejections. Yeah. And like, when you get rejections, like, ugh, what happens? And how do you then, like, fix it, move on, do whatever? I mean, I don't even know what the cliche is, but, like, rejection is some real shit. And it's cool to talk about because it's really one of the keys to, like, any sort of success. It's just fucking perseverance. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. All right. Oh, let me open this so it doesn't get... <laughs> Beautiful sound of beer opening. Yeah. It don't bother me. Alright, your show, go ahead. No, it's cool. Like like what you said, it is really about um it's not about being a reject, even though whatever you can say I don't really mind saying that because I just know that, that is that's a part of it. That's no, it it's is cute. part of it. And then it's like if you if you're making anything, like if you're making anything and you really give a fuck, you're gonna face you, people are gonna push against you. It does not matter what what you do. Yeah. Uh, I... Like uh, Scotty said yesterday, he was like, "Oh, it's like the art of rejection." I was like, "Yes." Yeah. It is that. Like in college, they didn't. But teach I don't know my shit. I don't know. We'll we'll talk about it because my experience is slightly different because like I'm not an artist. Like I have right. I have specific channels for how shit's supposed to go. Mm-hmm. So. Um, do you want me to just talk? Well, tell me about where you come from to start. All right. So my name is Greg Snyder. Uh, I was born in Germany. You were? Yeah, I was born in a, mili- oh. I was born in a military base. Oh, for real? You're, yeah. you're, you're an army brat? Uh, well, I was an army brat for about 11 months. Okay. So I was born in 1968. I turned 50 this year. You uh, just turned 50 or you bought to? I turned 50 in July. Ah. Yep. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, I can tell you something else about turning 50. You get soft after you turn 50, and then you gotta, like, yeah, <laughs> no, but then, then you gotta, like, psych yourself up. What do you again. mean you get soft? Because you, you turn 50, and you're like, damn, I turned 50. Like, I made That's it. That's the shit. You made it. Yeah, but then you sit, then, then, then you think that, like, you're successful, and you're like, you're not gonna work no more. I'm just like, oh, shit, I got a lot more to, to do. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, I was born in 68 in Germany. Um, we were only there for like 11 months. Came back. Um, my peoples are from upstate New York, Utica. Okay. And in 1973, we moved to Green Bay, Wisconsin, which is in the Midwest. Yes, it is. And it's across about, from where my family's from. Yeah, going. it's about 100,000 people there, though. It's yeah. small, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and my family is uh, Irish and German mm-hmm. and raised pretty heavily Catholic um, until I went to college. And that was peace out. Mm-hmm. Um, went to an all-boys Catholic school. So you, ra- you were raised like wildly Catholic? Yeah, I was raised like going to church every Sunday. Oh, shit. Okay. Like, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was confirmed. Mm-hmm. And like you got to go through some motions for that shit. And like... But... You know, it was never my thing, but, like, at that, there weren't really other things. Because Green Bay was a very small place. So, like, we were into punk rock, and we were into skating and those things. But, it, like, we were into such a small scale, we really didn't understand, like, the larger impact of everything. Yeah. So then when I went to college at the University of Wisconsin, like, two things happened. And I need to tell the story to go back for a second. Sure, but, yeah, yeah. 
But Madison was just the greatest thing in the world because it was a huge state school. The whole world came there, and it was like living in a city of 40,000 kids. And it was the best thing in the world That's for how me. many people are there? That's a that is a city. School. That's like a that's a city. Oh, it's a city of kids. It's yeah. crazy. But like, but but talking about Madison is crazy because, like, when I was growing up in Green Bay, Wisconsin, I was like, uh, you know, we had the the Green Bay Packers, which was cool. But I was like, man, I want to like go to school somewhere like where people have heard of it, you know, like something. And so I think I have no idea how I got this idea, but I think I was watching TV and like basketball, and I was like, I'm gonna go to Boston College. Like that's in Boston. You just that's, picked it. That's a play. Yeah, I kind of picked it and whatever. That's how it works when you're younger. You just yeah, you're like fuck it. But like I didn't know shit about, and it was Catholic. Like, and I didn't even really like spend too much time thinking about whether or not I wanted more Catholic education or any of that. So like, I wrote an application to Boston College, and like I can remember it now. Like it was. It was terrible. <laughs> what was it like? Oh, God. I remember, like, I don't know what. I, I, I wrote some shit about the Bible. I wrote some shit about comedy. Like, it was all over the place. It was just, it was horrendous, you know? And, um, and I didn't get accepted. No. I got rejected. Yeah. And, like, I didn't really have any other real stuff. I was like, that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to be cool. So you but just check applied it out. there. But, uh, I think so. I yeah. Think I but that's where you wanted to go. Yes. And, I, and, yeah. and, and for no real reason. And, like, I didn't get accepted because, like, um, I, was a, I was a good student, but, like, not good enough. And certainly, like, the essays that I wrote were, like, really, I was, you know, very insulated place. And I was dumb. And so I, ha I got rejected. And yeah. so I had to scramble and of course, the in-state school, Madison, Wisconsin, I could get in, it was gonna be cheap, I could butt play, and I wound up going to Madison, and it was absolutely the best thing that ever happened to me. Oh, that's cool. The best thing that ever happened to me was getting that rejection. Yeah, yeah. And like, I can't imagine if I would've went to Boston. First of all, no disrespect, but Boston sucks. <laughs> I hate, Boston sucks. I hate, I don't, I don't like Boston, man. I don't like Boston. Why not? Or what don't, what are There's a lot of scary white there? people in Boston. Like, They're intense. White people that scare the fuck out of They're me. Intense. There. They're intense. They're intense. There is some. They be real... fighting and shit. Who? They be fighting. I went, I went and visit some friend in Boston when I was in college, and I was like, holy shit, I am scared around these fucking white people. There <laughs> are some, like, you know, them, like, skinhead type dudes yeah, and, like, I, them crazy I Irish do. dudes. And I was like, these fucks look yeah. like they're ready to fight in a second. And they will fight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My friends so from Boston have been in fights since Oh, I, yeah. Like... So, anyways, I wound up going to Madison. I wound up making friends from Boston. I wound up, like, um, learning a shit ton. And when I was finished, I was like, I don't want to stop the learning. I want to do more. Cool. And it would be nice if I had, like, a story that said, and then I applied to Columbia for graduate school. I didn't get ahead. No. <laughs> I went to the new school. Oh, okay. Me too. So I went to the... Yeah, we talked about yep. that. I went to the new school for social research. Uh, I started in 1992. And I came here for a liberal studies program. And I wrote a thesis called... I don't remember the title, but it was about the conversion of American slaves in the South to mm -hmm. Christianity as an attempt, like, tool for social control. Sure. And the way in which the, um, way in which African folks, 
blended their own traditions, cultural traditions, through the guise of their Protestant religion. Right. And sure. there had been a lot of research on, like, we were just talking about Santeria-type practices, yeah, which yeah. is essentially an African tradition worshipped under the guise of the master's religion. You right, can do or, that yeah, yeah. with Catholicism because uh -huh. of saint worship. But you can't do that as much with Protestantism because they don't have those multiple deities. Okay. And so it's so, just like Jesus and Protestants. Just plain old damn Jesus. Yeah, and like Mary. Yeah, some Mary, but, but Mary Jesus. Is. I mean, most, I mean, sociology of religion scholars called ATR, which is mm -hmm. called African Traditional Religions, and okay. they sort of study a generalized version sure. of it. But most, um, most of them are pantheistic religions. There's okay. multiple gods. Okay. And so that the notion of going from multiple gods to one god is, is problematic. Yeah because of the way in which it's going to destroy culture. But that's why New Orleans is so dope. New Orleans yeah. is dope because New Orleans is French and Catholic. Yeah. Not that Catholics are dope, but Catholics has, especially Catholics nowadays. Um, yeah, right? Yeah, just fucking a few kids. I mean, it's like normal. Anyways, yeah, that's depressing. Yeah, that's a bummer. Anyways, so, um, so I wrote that, and then... Actually, you know what? There was a big rejection with that, too. In fact, I have two... I just thought of this. I have two stories. The first paper I ever wrote in graduate school, it was on... Um, it was in kind of like a political science American ideas course. And the title of the paper was Three-Fifths Constituted. And it was about the Three-Fifths Clause in mm -hmm. the Constitution and, like, you know, the associated fuckery around that. Right, right. And, like, I thought it was damn good. And... The dude, and I'll say his name, his name is Jim Miller, Professor James Miller. This guy, him and I did not get along. And he invited me into his office and like basically went through like line by line and like clowned me. Like every sentence. Like this is why this and I admit for your, like for this was for, for a graduate level paper. I have okay, a course okay, okay. and I'm doing so a paper. The paper yeah. You gotta write fifteen page papers. So it was like fifteen pages and he fucking ripped you apart every single line. Well he went he got through about a page and it's like, you know, my tone was drastically different than anything that he you know, he came from Brandeis, mm -hmm. kind of a bougie dude. Yeah. But also like a real fierce old school intellectual type cat. Like, mm -hmm. you know, new philosophy backwards and forwards and mm -hmm. I'm this little brat and yeah, I mean, I wrote th that paper. I wrote that paper way before the one I just told you about. Okay. I wrote that paper. You know, and it was it was a little slangy, maybe not slang, or, or or the language maybe wasn't. He was like, being like stuck up. He was being a dick. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Right. No, no. So he he was basically like bam, bam, bam. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, I hate this motherfucker. And so we had these seminars where everybody had to all the students writing a master's thesis had to be in the same room and meet once a week and it's a seminar so you gotta give everyone your paper right okay. and read it and my paper was still in the draft stages like everybody else right sure but like my paper came out and it like this dude just like I mean he eviscerated my shit like in front of people was it like that with other people or he was just nah like, just me and somebody somebody was looking across from me going like, like what the fuck but there's story yeah. to that because we had gotten into it another time before because this dude, we're in the seminar, we're talking about somebody else's paper, we were reading some shit. There's two, there's two really famous sort of scholars in the 50s um, around Columbia, sociologists. One uh -huh. is a dude named Talcott Parsons, who's a dick. And another is a dude named C. Wright Mills, who's this awesome dude, he came from Texas, he used to ride motorcycles, dope ass dude. 
And, you know, he was from working class Texas. Mm -hmm. And Talca Parsons, you know, was a bougie yacht motherfucker. Right, right. right. I know the time. So we were in the middle of the discussion and I said something like, well, I think that one of the differences between Wright and Parsons Mills liked to ride motorcycles and fix them himself. Yeah. And Parsons would be like on a yacht with a pipe, right? Yeah. And he paused, and three seconds, two minutes later, someone else made a point, and this dude was like, well, I think you also have to respect the class differences between these two dudes. I'm like, motherfucker, hey. I just didn't say that. Hey. I know, right. I didn't say it. Like, you literally said that. Motorcycle fixing it yourself and yacht. You didn't see right. where I was yeah. going? Yeah, 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 yeah. So <laughs> exactly. I waited. I waited till everybody left after class. Wow. It's funny. I waited till everybody left, and I was like... And he was kind of trying to do like, hmm, so uh, do we have a problem or something? Yes. No, I was like, yes, we do have a problem. Yes. You have a problem. You've had a problem with me since I've gotten here. We don't get along, blah, blah, blah. And like, I, I was ready to go outside and fight the motherfucker. I was like, yo, you are an asshole. Huh. And in the acknowledgments to my first book, I gave him props. I was like, you did? Not props. I'm like, and fuck the motherfucker. You did? Yeah. Yeah, his name okay. right there. I don't know if his name's in it, but like it's in there. <laughs> that's like that's amazing. So that's a rejection. What was that like? What was that like working with somebody that was just talking with you, but you're like, okay, I gotta do this thing, and you gotta you gotta work with him. I was insecure as fuck. I mean, like intellectual insecurity has always been super real for me. I I know that this happens with everybody, but everybody who's in a graduate program feels like they're not smart enough to be in the graduate program. Yeah. Because A, like, when you go to a PhD program, you're basically going like, hi, I think I'm smart. Yeah, you, know you what will. Saying? And, like, that's a tough position to fucking maintain. And <laughs> believe you me, there are a lot of smart motherfuckers. And yeah. you're just like, what was that he just said about nature? Fuck! Yeah, 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 you know? yeah. So it's really easy to be super insecure. When he was dogging me out through those courses and whatever you know I was I was still exploring like I hadn't the argument that I just gave you like I hadn't polished that out yet it yeah. took a lot more working with Jose to get there but, but it was like this is the second thing I'd written about race this is the second uh -huh. time that he said some shit mm -hmm. about like granted the paper that he read in the early stages was not good right well it was a draft yeah it was an early yeah, draft, was a draft but it didn't look like it was going somewhere okay but what happened, what had happened was... What had happened was... Yeah, is that Jose... Jose and I worked really well together, and I wound up writing this really dope paper, and he gave me... He gave the thesis honors. So, like, I got an MA passed oh, with shit. distinction. Nice. Nah, this motherfucker Jim Miller tried to challenge it. Really? But, yeah. like, why, dude? Like, what the fuck? Because he was still going with the original draft. Well, I mean, listen... He if, was mad because you called him out on some, like... I don't. I mean, some, uh, listen. Uh, clash shit. Which but there's is really also what there's also is. some way to think about this in a different way because I do. There's some part of me that says like he was put there to challenge me. Absolutely. Because I yeah. know because like it, it was through getting mad. Like yeah. he made me feel different. He made me feel like I wasn't supposed to be there. And like you know, I was a hip hop kid. Yeah. I was like you know, I was a different. I was different culturally from him uh, and a lot of the other students yeah, too. Yeah. And, and, and he, he, it felt to me like he was always just like turning those screws mm -hmm. of like, you know, you're, you're not supposed to be 
No, straight up, yeah. You're not supposed to be. You He's like, how fucking dare you call? You can't write, and you can't do this. Yeah. Like, I didn't. I didn't call him out for his own class shit. Yeah. All I all I did was challenge his interpretation of these two scholars. Right. No, I didn't challenge it. I said it, and then he said the same shit I did and tried to take credit for it. Right. Because I was yeah. like, man, what the fuck? He was kind of writing for. Yeah. yeah, he's a petty motherfucker, but he also told me that his wife was a psychiatrist, and I was like, maybe this dude is fucking with me. Maybe. I don't know. I, still I mean, like, he used to might... make these fucked up facial expressions. Like, Ugh, I didn't like it might, you know, he might be. But there you fucking go. Jealous. <laughs> like sometimes, it, like jealousy isn't. It's not a physical thing. You That's know, true. it's I mean, like that you're out here, you're doing your weird ass yeah. hip hop shit, and you're doing it, and no matter what, when you know he doesn't, his culture is completely different. You know. Yeah, I mean, he was a bad teacher, but I have to say now, like, thinking back, like, if I had a student that I thought wasn't doing good work, you know, first of all, I'd read it and make sure that that's what I thought. Yeah. But, like, you know, I mean, he had every right. He had every right. And, I'm like, I don't think that he felt like he was being personal, but it didn't matter because, like, I fucking won. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And I went, and because I worked with Jose and I never worked with him, and this motherfucker remained the chair of liberal studies yeah. and liberal studies went nowhere there is no phd in liberal studies no, liberal not. studies it's, is called it's just like going to you, college you did not yeah going <laughs> to extra going college, college. Yeah. but you know what that's what i was doing i was going to extra college because i still didn't have the confidence to say out loud like i really want to go get a phd and it wasn't until after i made that transition and started working with jose that i was like okay this is you got your phd yeah, you didn't know that. I just want you to say it. Oh. That's crazy. My name is Gregory J. Snyder. Dr. Gregory That's J. That's motherfucking Snyder. right. Uh, Dr. Gregory uh, J. Snyder. Right. I have a PhD in sociology from the New School for Social Research. I am a tenured professor at Baruch College, City University of New York. Uh, Department of Sociology and Anthropology. And exactly. starting July 1st, I'm going to be the chair of that motherfucker, which is going to suck. Straight up? Yeah. Damn. But I'm also the author of two books. Yep. One is called Graffiti Lives, and one is called Skateboarding LA. <sighs> so. So fucking rad. What? The whole thing. The whole thing? Yeah. yeah I'm pretty happy with my fucking life, That's man. It's the dopest. crazy. It's like, cause so you're a sociologist? So I'm a sociologist. Yeah, so you're yeah. like, you're a sociologist or like the raddest shit on. Yeah. And like, <laughs> like, like hanging out with you or going to the fish oh, or like, you. that's the other thing. No, but th that's also sociology. Yeah. That was the other thing I was talking about. Like, I, I met this dude, Terry Williams. After I finished with Jose, I, I was still studying in the sociology of religion. And I yeah. met this dude, Terry Williams, and I was like... And Terry was the only black faculty member. And... At Terry, Parsons. I'm sorry, at the new, at the new school. school. The new at the school. new school. Yeah. It's called the graduate faculty. Right. At the new school graduate faculty. Okay. And Terry was an ethnographer. An ethnographer is what I do. An ethnographer is somebody who studies and writes about cultures of which he or she is not a member. Okay. And so... He taught the ethnographic field methods course. And, like, I had known of him because the girl I was dating, the woman I was dating at the time, and I'll come back to that story, mm -hmm. uh, she was down with Terry, and she would always be talking about him. And Terry, like, I was in the elevator, and Terry was like, What's up with you? How come we don't know each other? Straight? Yeah. Like, this is the first dude that he's saw like, me. He's like, shining. You're no, like, but he yeah. saw, like, everybody else saw me with disdain, and he saw me with some sort of curiosity. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Because yeah. he was like, 
oh look, this dude's style is different. You, know? you got wild. First of all, yesterday when I saw you, I was like, God bless you. You always look so damn good. Oh my God, I feel like I look foolish. No, before. you had on like a button up, I, I all the way like, prop, pressed proper, but with a hoodie on. Right, you can see the button up under, and it was that like is, that is my moment. that was the that shit. Was I was like, like whoa, yeah, like yeah, nice yeah. kicks, everything. But like not because I gotta ride my bike, and so when you gotta ride, you have to think about all these different like you gotta like be warm it's mm-hmm. gotta be breathable like it takes like, it looks great but well thanks um so terry was like what's up with you and i'm like, all right cool and so yeah. i started doing ethnography which is like you hang out in the field so right he, it's did called, he get you into that yeah it's called okay. participant observation he's like okay. yo you go do this shit you go and at the time i was studying i was telling you about the syncretistic religions mm-hmm. right and I was studying um, embodied Christianity and Haitian Catholicism. What which does that mean? It means that Haitian people, mm-hmm. African Catholics, mm-hmm. practice Catholicism different than European class okay. Catholics. And one of the things that they do is they practice uh, an embodied passion. So sure. movement okay. and physicality and dance are all part of the worship. And so... I'm like, oh, this is dope, you know? Yeah. And I go and I, like, did one session. Like, I went to the church. And you come back and you write about it. You hand it in to Terry. And he's like, oh, this is dope. I should know the exact date. It was November of 1995. I was riding my bike from, like, Greenpoint over the Williamsburg Bridge. And I had this little BMX bike. And, like, I was on the top of the bridge. And, like, at the time... Biggie had just come out. The Wu-Tang record yeah, okay. was out. Like, the Cuban Lynx record had just come Very out. Nice. That shit, you know, the source cover where yep. it said, like, it's Wu-Tang, or Greg Tate had all these amazing... Shout out to Greg Tate, by the way. That dude's such a good journalist. He is great, yeah. His brother Brian Tate is dope, too. He's got a band called... Like, he's, he's a dope dude. Do I know him? I don't know. Um, you around. probably do. You know him. What have I seen him around? I mean, no But, like, um, so I'm on the top of the bridge. And so, like, you know, hip-hop was really in the air of the city, like, okay. thick. And yeah, no, yes. That time was 95, you said? Yeah. It was I literally, mean, yeah. It was crazy. Like, you'd walk around with headphones on, and you'd, be like, you'd look at somebody, you'd be like, yo, this fucking track is... People would be like, yo. Like, you wouldn't even have to <laughs> say two words. You'd just be like, yo. Like, yeah, and yeah. It, it, it was so, 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 so exciting. And it's like, you know, you'd go down to Canal and you'd get the Kung Fu flicks and you'd come back and you'd be watching like Shaolin versus Lama. Be like, oh, that's nice. a shit, yeah, yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> so dope. So I'm on the bridge and all of a sudden I stop on my tracks. There's this huge piece. And I, first of all, I'm like, it's on the wall, like where the train goes by. And I, I like, I hadn't seen a graffiti piece for a hundred years. I hadn't thought shit about graffiti. Nothing. I was yeah. just like, <gasps> and it said Cento. And I could read it. It had like different, um like sort of fills in each letter, right? Okay. And I mean it turns out like Sento's a dope ass writer. I've followed him forever. And I was like blown away and I was like, I'm gonna study that shit. Huh. And I that, went, that moment. That moment. On a bridge. I was Damn. sent on a bridge to study graffiti. Like I was on a bridge. Oh, I rode man. from the bridge to the new school into Terry's office and said, I'm changing my dissertation project, hey. and, I wanna, and I'm going to write huh. about graffiti. And he was like, wow, that's weird, because somebody just called me, some publisher said they're interested in doing something on graffiti. I was like, what the fuck? And, huh. um, yeah, it, that kind of started to build momentum, but that never happened. But, like, I went and changed 
my whole research project like in that day and when I did that all of a sudden I wasn't living in these two worlds yeah I was like oh my god this sucks being in church oh, I mean, people were cool fun. they were doing stuff but I was just like this sucks yeah 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 exactly so God was like nah you're good man you've you done enough, enough church you've done bro. enough church man no more for you go out there on those streets exactly so that then all of a sudden like the world I was living LES nightlife yes and like my day of graduate like all of a sudden all those things were yeah. not fused huh. that like my sociology became the sociology of New York City. It became yeah. the sociology of subcultural exploration. Yeah. And so that, you know, I, um, I worked at Angelica Kitchen all through graduate school. They just closed. What'd you do? I worked a line. I did the takeout. Okay. I put food to, what do you call it? Uh, we did delivery. I started delivery. Oh yeah, but like my man Timmy Vert went there, who's in who's in my book. Mm-hmm. Uh, my man Gabe went there. Like every Sunday night, like Espo worked at McGovern's, so I would like steal a bunch, yeah. take a bunch <laughs> of food from the restaurant, feed people, bring him food, feed people. There used to be this guy called Spiritual Dave, mm-hmm. and he was like one of the Spiritual first Day. organic weed dealers huh. in the state. And this dude, we give him free food, and like he would pass us these nugs that were like. So big that it like was almost embarrassing because there'd be people, like a handful. There'd be people in the room and it'd just be like, psh, like stinking okay. shit. So much weed that we would all get it and like give it away to people for yeah. Christmas. It was yeah. nuts. So that was super fun. And so um, a lot of like punk rock, straight edge, vegan dudes mm-hmm. were. George worked there. Oh, he did. George worked okay, there. That's why I met George. Oh, okay, I knew okay. George since he was 18 years really? old. I knew George before he had tattoos. Oh, George. That's why I love him I so love much. Him. Oh, my God. He's so fucking he's talented, He's such a too. talented fucking... Isn't he... Humble, oh like, God. genius. And he, he, like, makes perfume. And I'm like... He Dude. made me... I think twi- one time for my birthday, he made me a perfume... Nice. Specific for me. And it had this kind of, like, orangish, whatever, scent... And then one year for Christmas, I asked him to make a special scent for me and my two brothers. Nice. And like my brother Aaron wore that shit when he got married. Like I oh mean, shit. I, oh yeah, I, I was done with it a lot, but it, it smelled so damn good you would yeah. die. Like yeah, yeah, everything George does is beautiful. He he. Shout out yeah. to George and Allie. They rule. They're so cool. I love them. I love them. Mm. Yeah, he's he's um, he's a really great guy. I asked him. I was like, "Why aren't you in the guitar battle?" Because he didn't. He, so the he's last been in it before. He was in it. He came. He was first runner up. The, yeah. Not this past one, but the one before that. And I was like, "The only reason you lost is because that lady was wearing a cat. She was, was like the cat lady. And the uh, the guy dressed as a cat lady. I don't. Smith Smith Carter. She's like she not a shit. cat. No, she, a cat she, lady. She's just a. Uh, Trans person. Well, she's not actually a trans person. No, it's a costume. Whatever. But she's like, I thought the whole thing was like, she's, she's a cat lady. Yeah, she's dope as fuck. I, I guess she like, likes cats, but yeah, okay, whatever. So, let's get back to me. What about <laughs> you, though? <laughs> nah, she rips. Um, I lost my train of thought. I don't know what I was talking about. Um, well, we were talking about, oh, you like, said that's how you met George, that you were working at Angelica Kitchen. Yeah, I was working at Angelica Kitchen, yeah. and so there were... Um, there was a dude there who used to write graffiti, and then, uh, like, so I started exploring with him, and then 
Um, then I saw this Espo billboard that was in Williamsburg, nice. and it was like said greetings from Espo Land, and it looked like a legit billboard. So I'd oh, ridden by cool. it a bunch of times. Yeah. And then finally I was like, oh fuck, that's, that's graffiti. Huh. And there was a phone number on the bottom of it, and I called it. And it was the voicemail for On The Go magazine. And I didn't even know yet that Espo did On The Go magazine. Huh. Like, oh. All of it was just like... Brr. So I left this message. And the way that I did the graffiti project is that, you know, I had studied enough to know that, you know, the graffiti writers use black books, uh -huh. right? And they use black books, which is like those black hardbound sketchbooks. Uh -huh. They use them for sketches. They pass them around to each other and tag mm -hmm. it up or do pieces for each other. Sure. So some people call them a peace book too. A peace so, book, like P I E C B E, peace. Peace, like short for masterpiece. Oh, okay. Graffiti peace is short for masterpiece. So, um, no, it's not like some spiritual peace. <laughs> okay. No, nah, it would be a beef book if anything. Yeah, right. Um, so I, just like on a whim, I was like, oh, I want to explore graffiti, but I don't want to be like thinking about how I'm coming into this culture like to stake a claim for academics or anything like right. that. So I wanted to dismantle and be reflexive about the power relationships happening. So I took a sketchbook and I labeled, I put a word at the bottom, I took a label maker and put a word at the bottom of each blank page. Uh -huh. And then I would ask writers, hey, this is my project. Would you be willing to illustrate a word? And then we can start a conversation around that. Sure. Because I was interested in how graffiti writers manipulated meaning. And so I explained the project to him, and like a couple days later, he called me back. And I was just like, oh, shit. I'm oh, that's cool. That's the shit. Yeah, and that, I mean, we're still friends. Like, I started to relate. That started a relationship, and we just kept exploring. And I got to write all about, you know, his career during a time when he was doing incredible, incredible things. So mm -hmm. that's that. So what, what, how was the response when you came up to the guys, and you're like, you know, because you are coming from academia. Would they, yeah, but did I they give a fuck? Were they like, oh, dope? Um, you mean graffiti writers? Yeah, yeah. If you came up to them well, and that lot, was kind well, of their I wouldn't, thing. I didn't do a lot of, like, cold calling type of thing. Okay. Like, hi, I'm Greg, and I'm a sociologist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Once I started getting into it, like, I was into it. So, like, I was out on the streets, you know, at the time we had, you know. Actually, I bought my first camera because of the graffiti project. I'd never owned a camera. But because of that graffiti project. Because of yeah. that graffiti project. What which, you, what'd you call it? What do you mean what I call what? Your your first graffiti project. You mean the name of the book? That was the book. That ended that up being became, the book. It became, okay. it, was, it was my dissertation that became oh, okay. my book. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, 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 that's what I'm trying to convey. Yeah, so then what? I don't know, where am I? So you got your first book done. No, 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 I, it took forever, like. Uh -huh. Uh, you know, I started doing that research in 1995, and like, I didn't, I didn't finish that project until 2003. Like, it took it took eight years okay. to do that dissertation part because I mean, it's it's just hard. I mean, it takes a lot of you know. There was still some coursework that had to be done, and then when I got to that point, there was a lot written, and then I had to like, you have to give it to. So there are three people on the committee. Then you bring a fourth in from the department. Then you bring a fifth in from another department. It's called a fifth reader, uh, <laughs> which is pretty obvious. Right. Um, okay. So you gotta. So I had to print out five different copies, buy like these big ass black binders to put them in, yeah. and like physically take these things and present it to each person. Cool. And then <laughs> that's you, cool. Yeah, I mean, I still that's remember. That's a lot of work, man. I still remember. Yeah, it is. I still remember all those days. I remember there was like. 
there was this moment, must have been when I started with the dissertation topic, or I don't know what it was, but I remember my mom was like, well, tell me again what the fuck you gotta do, you yeah. know? And my mom is so awesome. She's been super duper supportive. And so I wrote down for her on this tiny little post-it, and she freaking kept it. Oh, mommy. And like crossed off each time. Oh, and, go, I didn't go, go. and I didn't even know. And when I had finished, she brought me the piece of paper. She didn't tell you she just had it. Oh my god, I was weeping. Oh my god, the day, the day I graduated. Oh god. Okay, so oh my god, it's raining like a mother. It's raining, raining. That's all good. So you submit it, and then you have to defend it. I defended my dissertation, which was an ethnography of graffiti writers in 2003. Then they're like, okay, you have a PhD, and it was like, wow. Yeah, that was cool. I mean, I, the day it was in April. And I was wearing a seersucker suit with a bow tie and a hat. Of fucking course you were. Of and course you were. I defended the <laughs> shit out of my shit. And it's funny too because for my dissertation proposal, which was like four or five years earlier, uh-huh. it was winter, and I remember I was wearing like a pinstripe suit, right? But since I remember it was winter, it was so cold. I had long underwear on mm-hmm. under my um, like suit, right? And I had I had uh, taken a pee before going into the proposal, right? And I'm doing my whole dissertation proposal, yeah. and I'm standing up giving my thing. And like the way that the defense works is that when they're finished talking, they're like, okay, I've asked all my questions, da-da-da. They're like, can you please leave the room? So you got to go sit in the hallway. And they discuss it right then? Yeah, they oh, discuss shit. your shit right then. <laughs> and you got to wait outside? Yeah, and I'm sitting out in the hallway, all nervous. Oh. Mouth is super dry. I look down. My fly was open the oh. whole time. I was open You're the up there. Oh my god. And I said to Terry, I was like, yo, man, why didn't you like say something? And he was like, oh, I thought it just meant like you were so in the zone that like you did. I was like, man. I mean, he was in the zone. But no, no, no. He was clowning me. He was clowning me. Man. So, yes. So, the day I defended my dissertation, I went straight from the new school to Vaughn, sat at the I love Vaughn. Sat at the bar of Vaughn. That's what I meant. You were I know. Yeah. I sat at the bar of Vaughn and like basically like drank, ordered pizza, and like basically everybody I knew just came and hung That's from like five shit. to minutes. Yeah, it was yes. so cool. I was so happy. Damn. What I a journey. So how long did it take you to, to before you're finishing your like doctor? I was you mean the total? After you after your undergrad, yeah. So, I got my undergraduate degree in 1990, uh-huh. and I started graduate school in the fall of 1992. Mm-hmm. In 1997 or 8, I think I finished my first master's degree. Then, in, I, then I had to do another master's degree because I was switching departments into the sociology department. Okay. So, then I did another master's degree in 1999, and I finally finished... I was finally Dr. Greg in May of 2003. You got your master's, master's. Yeah, I got, you get your master's, master's, master's. I, got, I got two master's <laughs> degrees, but that's just... That's a, a shit. Nah, it doesn't do anything I mean, but me. I mean, it's just a fluke. If you want it to, to be in, you know, if, if you love have a love for academia, then... I've never, I, never, yeah. I never really had a love for academia. Why'd I you do it then? I started doing it because, um, I mean, there's two real explanations when I think about it and it's like the first one is that like 
I learned so much in my undergrad. Like everything just exploded for me. And it was a really awesome time too. It's like 86 to 90. Okay. It's like 86, Bad Brains, Eye Against Eye comes out, which I think nobody would dispute that that's a masterpiece. And then also like completely changes the culture. The Descendants are touring. Mm -hmm. Beastie Boys are touring with Fishbone mm -hmm. and yeah. Murphy's Law. Like 87... Yo Bum Russia Show comes out, 88, Nation of Millions comes out, changes my life completely. Mm -hmm. I start taking like African American literature courses mm -hmm. and African continent history. And there was this real palpable feeling that, you know, I don't think my parents will listen to this, but there was this real palpable feeling that like that my education prior to being at the University of Wisconsin was a lie. That like the Catholicism being a Catholic, imposed yeah. upon yeah. me. Like, I was inculcated into a certain set, like, honest to God, before I got to college, I believed or never really thought about because in my world, but like, I believed that like, there was no such thing as any successful atheist that, like, yeah, crazy Damn. shit. That's just kind of a cult and, though. Yeah. But it's called, but, but yeah. like, if you go from kind of being like, okay, this is what they're telling me the world is, and like, I'm kind of frustrated that I seem to have ideas, but I don't really know how to... I don't know what to articulate. I was also right. just... And then, so Wisconsin, like, lit such a fire in me. And I met super-duper smart people. Like, I was like, these are the smartest motherfuckers ever. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, yeah, I, can't, yeah. I can't believe they hang out with me. You know what I mean? Like, these were kids who, you know, one dude's, like, dad was, like, the general counsel for, like, general cinema. Some other dude dad's a philosophy professor. Like... You know, a lot of these sort of class differences also, which sure. explain yeah, yeah, my own insecurities. And so part of me also, the same reason I said, like, I wanted to go to Boston College because people have heard of it. I think that part of me was like, well, if you get a PhD, then they can't say shit. No, they can't say shit. Not, they Ain't can't say shit. Say nothing but the fuck to you ever. Like, yeah. And yeah. so part of me, it was that. And the other part was that I just kept... Um, I just kept exploring. And the more I explored, the better I got at it. And the, the better I got at it, the more I knew I had insight. And the more that I wrote, the better writer I became. And it's just, you know, I mean, now I'm passionate about sociology and subcultures yeah. and all those things. But it's one of those things where, you know, as I was telling you, with like rejections and you don't know what's happening, you just sort of drift into it. Yeah. So that's kind of how I rolled. But like, um, I have another rejection story. For yeah, you. so, yeah, I want to hear it. I'm going to get my three. One more. No, I, I, uh, I anticipated this situation. <laughs> I know. I should have. Because I knew that you wrote two books, but I didn't know that. I thought you said you read them. The second one. Yeah. I didn't know that you You wrote... read the skateboarding one? Yeah, the skateboarding one, yeah. No, I didn't know that the first one. I, well, I, I looked over it anyway. I was, like, skimming through it um, to prepare okay. for this. But I wasn't, I didn't know that, um, that it was because of your, like, your, it was tied into the new school or shit like that. Well, the book that you read wasn't tied into no, the new it wasn't. school. No. no. The only thing that's tied into the new school is I got my PhD at the new school. And I don't okay. even I don't even talk to Terry anymore. He I don't know. Like I graduated, he was done with me. It was really weird. Really weird. I'm sad about that. And he never really wrote anything more. He kinda dropped out the game and he was a champ when back in He wrote wrote a book called Crack House. About crackheads in 1985. That's it was tough. crazy. That's fucking tough. Yeah, it's dope. That's, that's crazy. So now it's 2003. Mm -hmm. Like, 
I can't get a job. Like, I'm applying for jobs. The new school did a horrible, horrible job of, of ever even trying to prepare you. They don't fucking prepare you for shit. For they, don't prepare, you, yeah. you, they don't prepare you for motherfucking shit. No, man. they don't. I swear to God. But they also let you do whatever the fuck you, you want. Yeah, and they have great facilities, so you can do that, really great that's, work. That's how my it. shit went down, you know? Yeah. In any other university, I probably wouldn't have been able to do this graffiti. Before. Yeah. Um, so I did it. And so now it's 2003, and... I was an adjunct at Queens College, and they hired me as what's called a substitute assistant professor, which means I got paid. I got paid. This is 2003, after 11 years of school. Guess how much money I made? How much? Thirty-eight thousand dollars. Yeah. Thirty-eight thousand dollars. Well, no, I mean but twice I mean, a week. I mean before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, had to, you're doing. I had to teach a four-four, which means four classes a semester. And the second... Uh, Damn, 38000 Yeah, oh. it bumped up to forty one the next year. Oh. So, at the, so I've got this dissertation, and I'm desperately trying to uh, entice a publisher, mm-hmm. like a university press. And out of nowhere, I get cold called, because once you finish your dissertation, it becomes part of the public record. Sure, people yeah. Could, you know, people can access it if they want to. So I get a call, an, an email from a young publisher at Paul Grave Macmillan. And I'm like, oh, this is dope. They're hollering at me. However, Paul Grave Macmillan London had just in the previous like three months put out a book called The Graffiti Subculture by a woman named Nancy McDonald. Okay. And it was about New York and London graffiti. So... When this Palgrave woman contacts me, I'm like, well, I'm really excited that you contacted me, but I have to say I'm a little bit skeptical because I can't imagine a scenario where Palgrave would publish two books on graffiti. At the same time, too. Yeah. Well, they would, they would be five, six, whatever years apart. Oh, right. Know. Okay. But still. Okay. And she yeah. said, and she was like, oh, no, 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 not at all, blah, blah, blah. So they called you. Yeah, okay. they reached out to me. Right. Okay. Okay. So they're like, we want to see the manuscript. So I'm like, all right, dope. So they send my manuscript out for peer review, which is a good faith effort on their part. Super dope, right? You're like, okay. And I get the reviews back. And I mean, it takes six to eight months to a year to like get these reviews. It's it's a slog, you okay. know. Which is why I always turn my shit around super fast. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, yeah. one review is by a dude named Joe Austin, and he signs his name by a guy named Joe Austin, who had written a book called Taking the Train about New York City graffiti. And the review that, like, he had all sorts of criticisms, but he also was like, this shit is solid. And he wrote, I could see this being the next great book on graffiti, this and that and the other thing. He writes a list of things that should change to make it better. And then I had another review, and I didn't know who the reviewer was. And this review is also super positive and also super helpful in terms awesome. of the way that it's structuring my shit, whatever. So I'm like, well, this is dope, you know? And so what you do then is that you then have to respond to the criticism. So you okay. write a letter back to Palgrave and say, okay, these reviews are dope. This is how I'll change this. Okay. This is how I'll address this. This is how I'm going to, like, you know, this is how I'm going to fix it, you sure. know? Yeah. Because the editors are not social scientists mm-hmm. you know the editors are editors and the publishing people they don't really make money like university presses you know are about prestige but then makes other money sure, for yeah. other shit so there we go so they, this process took two years 
So from 2003 to 2005, I'm going back and forth and working on this and doing the whole thing. And this is the first thing I thought of when I saw your podcast and the name of it. And so it's December of 2005 and I'm taking a bath and it's like a week before Christmas. And I'm Cozy. Taking, yeah, I'm laying in the Set the scene. I'm laying in the Two tub. candles lit. It's a joint roll. You I didn't have flowers. no joint roll. <laughs> I didn't have no candles either. Okay. In uh, my head. No. That, well, you know, I mean, a dude bath is a little different. I'll just chill. It's super bright. Okay. So Alma comes in to the room with the mail and she hands me this skinny fucking letter from Paul. She's like, you got oh, this from Paul so Gray. Yeah. And I'm like, and it says, Dear Snyder, we're going to pass. And I was like, uh, After two years? Two years! Two years, two years, super positive review, no email, no nothing, we're gonna pass. Three sentences. Really? Dead Whoa. ass. Dead ass. Do you still have it? No. You burn it? Fine. Ripped it through it. Fucking what? So I I was laying in the bathroom. Three letters? And it was like like three sentences. And I was laying there like. After all that shit. Fuck. So this is the dope part, right? So my best friend, or one of my best friends, I got a million best friends, I'm lucky. So one of my best friends is Desmond. I don't know if you've met Desmond. Um... Desmond's older than me. We play tennis together. Desmond's Jamaican. We both have I Jamaican might have known friends. Him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he, he lives in Boston now because his wife is a okay. philosophy professor. Desmond used to work in advertising for Spike DDB. Des, okay. like, he made a movie called The Day in Black and White. Desmond just recently sold a young adult novel to Simon & Schuster based Very on nice. Jamaican character. Anyway, hey, Desmond, go. Desmond's go, the man. Go. Desmond's the man. I love Des. And... Like, Desmond, I'm sure you have friends like this. Desmond is the kind of friend where, like, if I do anything positive and, like, you tell him, like, that's when it all seems real. Because he just... Like, he yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, like, you need people like that. so <laughs> dope. Like, so... Yeah, like, yeah. dude, like, anything. You like, do what you doing. I get a fellowship. He's like, ooh, you're that's the word of fellowship. Like, all the time, right? Turn up. So, I'm like, fuck, you know? I got I to gotta call Des and tell him that they're passing on this book. And, like, you know, I got to I gotta share the lows, too. Alma and I are driving down to Florida for Christmas. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to call Des. And I call up Des, and I'm like, yeah. And he's like, what's up? And I'm like, yo, man, they fucking passed on the book. And he was like, yo, son, your instincts were right. Always trust your instincts. Because remember when they first came to yeah. me and I was like, you motherfuckers are shady? You did say that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, yeah. That flipped it for me. Like I when, love Desmond. When, I don't even know him. Exactly. I love Desmond. <laughs> He's like, you was when, right. When he, he was right the whole time. Yeah. He was like, you were right the whole time. <laughs> and like all of a sudden, my confidence went from so low so I was back ready to go. But you also workshopped some shit for two years. Well, check this out. <laughs> yeah. So now... So I'm submitting uh, an article to a journal called Crime, Media, and Culture. Mm -hmm. And that journal, the founding editor of that journal is a dude named Jeff Farrell. And Jeff Farrell wrote a book about graffiti writers in 
1996. Actually, it was originally published a little bit before that, but it's called Crimes of Style, and Jeff's a bad motherfucker. Jeff was Farrell? Farrell, F-E-R-R-E-L-L. Jeff is a monster giant in the world of what's called cultural criminology. He's one of its founders. I mean, he's just a massive. I sent them... This journal started, it's called Crime, Media, and Culture, and on the cover of the journal, there's a picture of, like, a small graffiti piece. Okay. And I was like, well... If these motherfuckers don't want to publish my shit, then they're like, you know, it's yeah, on yeah, graffiti. Yeah. So I sent them this article. It's called Graffiti Media and the Perpetuation of Illegal Subcultures. And I sent them that article. And so they wrote me back. We're like, we're going to publish your article and da-da-da. Right? I'm like, dope. Yay. I don't get an email from Jeff for a while. And I'm like, oh, shit. He sends me back an email. It's like, oh, sorry. I haven't communicated with you for a while. I've been doing a review of this graffiti book for another publisher, i.e., he let it be known that I that he was reviewing my book for Pogger. Oh shit! So I emailed him back and was like, "These motherfuckers passed. What should I do?" I did not know it, but at the time, Jeff was the editor. There was only one book in it. An editor at NYU. They have a series. Jeff has been published by NYU Press. And he was the editor of the Alternative Criminology series, and he mm-hmm. said, send this to Eileen Kalish at NYU Press. I've published two books with NYU Press. NYU Press, best thing that ever fucking happened to me. That's the shit. So once again, the initial rejection yeah. led to the dope shit. But that's what it is. It's like, in, yeah, if you if you would have never, first of all, if you would never fucking try it, it wouldn't have mattered anyway. If you were I stuck in a religion you and just, shit, you'd be in a whole other world. Well, the thing you know? about doing a PhD is that once... Once you actually, once that sentence comes out your mouth, if you don't do it, you're in a whole bunch. Yeah, yeah. You're just rough. Yeah. You better make a shit ton of money or I don't know what. The one thing that I, when I was reading the second book, I was like, okay, so I didn't even really think about the fact that, like, so skateboarding, skateboarding was illegal in many oh, places. I didn't, all over the place. I didn't fucking think about it because we just skate, friends yeah, skate. Yeah, people get out. And- yeah. So what was that like, you know, meeting people that were doing it and... Well, I was really lucky because my brother Aaron, um, Aaron Snyder, Aaron was a professional skateboarder himself. Oh, okay. And so he was an am for shorties. He was in the super influential video Fulfill the Dream. Um, he went pro for Darkstar for a bit. And so Aaron was my main contact. And so okay. I would go to L.A. He <laughs> yeah. would introduce me to folks. I love LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I do too. He would introduce me to folks, and... Is your hand itching? It is, That yeah. means you're gonna get some motherfucking Monday. I don't, I don't It's true. So. Yeah? Yeah, that shit is... I'm telling you, All that right, shit then. is true. When but it's hand not in my hand. It's, it's your like hand. It's your hand. I think I'm having a stroke. No, you know? you're not. Does it okay. smell like no, toast in here? No, it just scratches me. smell like toast? Yeah. What's that? I thought that, like, if you're having a stroke, it smells like toast or some shit. Fuck. Or almonds. But maybe that's cyanide. Yeah, when your hand itches, you want to get money? Yeah, but it's not my hand. Right here. That's your thumb. All right, whatever. You're going to get paid. Oh, good. Anyway, so your brother... I don't know where you paid at. (laughs) So, um... So your brother was your end. My brother was my end. Yeah. And then I made a bunch of friends, and, you know, like, my... It's like the same with the graffiti book, like... Again, you know, just rolling up and being like, hi, I'm a sociologist. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That, that ain't no way to like... <laughs> I'm like, what are you, who is this fucking to, guy? It ain't no way to engage with people. I mean, like, I can do that more now mm-hmm. because, like, I've written two books. Yeah. Like, the, the proof is there, blah, yeah. blah, blah. I can use that um, to, to, to connect with people. But um, 
for the skateboarding project, the, the, the sort of plan of the book was that I wanted to start with skateboarding places, like famous spots in L.A. Right. So first my brother and then other people would take me to photograph famous spots. I'd be like, oh, can we go check out this spot? Okay, yeah. And we would check out a spot, and what inevitably would happen is my brother or others would be like, oh, yeah, this happened here, and this happened okay, here. And so, yeah. like, there's no skateboard. There's no possibility of us getting kicked out by the cops. We're just standing on a set of stairs in the middle of L.A. somewhere. Yeah. And discussing the history of skateboarding. But with no boards. But with no boards. Yeah. And it's like, you know, and my brother Aaron is a great, great teacher. I miss oh. working with him. We're going to hopefully start working on something That's soon. That's wonderful. Oh, God, I'm Where's so he? lucky. He's in L.A. Oh, he's in L.A.? Yeah, he's in L.A. When are you going to be there again? I don't know. I've been working I mean, out there. I know you have. Yeah, I mean, I'll go, I'll go whenever I can. I'll go when people pay me to go. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I went out there over eight years, like... A ton of times, and like I got grant money to do the yeah. project, and yeah, it's that like, makes, oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. So I, I flew to LA for free a billion times. So we would go to these spots, and by going to the spots, then I started to learn about history and tricks and all of these types of things. Yeah. And so that then, um, you know, sort of was again the mechanism of sort of breaking the ice and the mechanism yeah. of like, you know, and what I would do is when I first started the project, we didn't even have smartphones, but then. Then I would put the photos of the spots on my phone, and when I would come back to New York, or when I would meet skaters in LA, like, you know, we'd hang out, then we'd go to a bar, I'd meet some yeah. other people, and I would scroll through, just the same way I did with graffiti, like, I would, like, show them, like, if I showed you a famous skate, you'd be like, oh, that's the Hollywood 16, somebody yeah. did it, and then, like, you have a whole commentary about it, that yeah. then, you know, then you're teaching me about your culture yeah without me asking you to right. teach me your culture you know did you find any pushback or anybody or people like nah dude what graffiti, about with the graffiti it, with graffiti there was a lot but graffiti was also really really challenging because at the time period that i was studying graffiti um i mean all graffiti scenes are gonna happen like that but like you know there's always a lot of beef within the community and people have disputes with each other and you never quite know who has disputes with who, and so there's a lot of covering up. You meet things. someone, yeah. yeah, like you yeah. meet someone, and like you know, as I had been studying graffiti for like a quite a long time, I would be like, oh yo yo yo, what like you write this? And like what? How do you know that? I was like, well, <laughs> he's all mad at you. <laughs> no, I mean, there's there's been a lot of dudes, and they would they would and they were like, what you write? I'm like, I don't write. Like I'm a sociologist. I'm studying graffiti, and they would think I'm lying. Because a lot of times, graffiti writers would be really coy about telling people what they write in case you might have beef. Sure. Or they're all weird, too. Like, maybe you're a spy. Like, all of that shit yeah, is yeah, really strange. Yeah. So, with the Black Book, I was able to develop some close relationships with folks over a long period of time. And then I met lots of other, like, I don't want to say random, but, like, you know, Kareem played a big role in that, too. Because, like, Kareem worked at Spoon. A lot of writers would hang out at Spoon. A lot of writers would hang out at Bob. Like, Spoon? Spoon, uh, uh, on the corner of, of Avenue A and Houston, like, Lance and Razo opened it a long, long time. <laughs> really? Yeah. And Tino Razo? Which one? Mark. Mark Razo? Mark was involved in Spoon. It was Spoon, which was, like, the first... What year was that? Spoon... Oh, God. Let's see. I don't know about Spoon. It was Spoon, and then it became Alchemy. I remember Alchemy. That's I still see the sign for Alchemy. Is it still there? No, no, no. There's like a wine store there now. Oh, no, okay. like a Union Market or something. Oh, right. Okay. No, it was like the first like real skater bar, and there was like a downstairs. Almond and I had our first date there. 
Uh, well, no, we met up there, and then we went around the corner. Of I love your wife. Me Hi, too. Ella. I actually another reject story. Yes. So in graduate school, I was dating this woman named Lada. You know, something was off. She, uh-huh. she was she was cool. Like, she was way into hip hop. She was like Iranian from DC. You know, we've been together for about two and a half years and whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, it was just not going well. And I was just like, oh my god, this fucking sucks. Like, mm-hmm. I, I gotta get out of this shit. So, you know, I thought I was in love and all these things, and I was just like, oh, my God, right? Like, so I broke up with her in spring. Oh, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Persian people, they celebrate Noruz, which is the first day of spring, which is their, like, biggest holiday. So I broke up with her on her biggest holiday. Oh, Christmas. She, she didn't give a fuck. <laughs> she was like, In fact, you know what's hilarious? Oh, really? She you know didn't what's care. Hilarious? She was like, God damn, thank you. Check this out. <laughs> she, she was in graduate school. She was getting a master's in sociology. She was teaching elementary school. And, like, she couldn't finish her papers. Like, she had incomplete. Okay. And so she asked me if I would write a paper for her. And I should not even say this out loud. I totally did not write a paper for her. Okay. However, when I told her that I was breaking up with her, the first thing she asked was if I was still going to write the paper. Oh, girl. And I was like, oh, my God, you horrible. Oh, my God. She was like, she was like, well, it ain't working, but he going to write these papers. I was me. like, hell no. <laughs> I, I was like, nah, I ain't writing shit. So oh there I was. I spent like three years. I had been rejected. You know, fast forward, October 6, 1999. That's when Alma and I began our relationship. Right so before it's like, Y2K and the world didn't you know, end. I know. We thought it would, though. Yeah. But, like, for me, a lot of times, it's the second thing. Y'all been together for 20 years? Yeah. That's... that's 20 years. Married that is for, tight. Married for 15 this year. Wow. 15 years. And 15 that's a years. Shit. That's a yeah, shit. Yeah, it is. It I'm going to get married one day to somebody. It's, it's real nice. That's it. It's shit. real. Like, when you have a partnership, man, it's real nice. And, yeah. like, for a very, very long time, it was real easy. We just chilled before we had dinner. Now we got to be, like, you know, we a squad. We're like, oh, we got to no, discuss like gang, shit. Gang, gang, yeah, gang. yeah, we got to fucking just, Y'all the cutest, man. Yeah, now it's just like, oh, damn, we got, like, heavy shit to do. And it's so, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's dope. I mean, but, like, you know. Yeah. Working, being a parent, being a husband, like being a self, like there's a yeah. lot of shit. But like, yeah, for me. But you guys both create shit. The, you, really the universe always seems to give me the second. Like I think that my first choice is the one. But they're like, nah, it's the second one. Yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, that's how it is. That's how it is for sure. I just just last week after I told you like, hey, I want to do this. And you're like, okay, dope. I sent in a, a paper to for a conference, right? And conferences, like if you were to map out, like you do a conference paper as a scholar, uh-huh. and which means like you read or you share your research with a bunch of other people. And then they comment and it helps you. And then from there, you write a journal article and maybe from there you write a book. You know, mm-hmm. it'd be like the gradation. So... I've participated in a whole bunch of conferences and whatever, but I've never gone to the American Sociological Association, and I don't really have a crew there. Mm-hmm. So it's like I sent, I submitted a paper, but um, it was still like a working paper. It was like a work in progress, and uh-huh. they they're like, you know, they want like 
polished, ready to publish papers. And I'm like, how the okay. fuck should you have ready to publish papers when <laughs> you ain't publishing it? Right, right, right. So anyways, like, and this is like the new work I'm doing on like track bikes and I'm using track bikes as a vehicle for diversity. And yeah. I don't know if it's another book, but sure. track bikes as a vehicle for diversity and because they're cheap and it provides an entry point for people to race bikes and blah, blah, blah. Like I'm, I'm, oh, I love it. I'm psyched on it. It's like three of my favorite things. That's Graffiti, fucking skateboards and bikes. That's mm-hmm. the shit. You know, I, I'm, I'm really, really lucky. Like That's I, I, wonderful. I get You're to a fucking s- doctor of like the illest shit. I, I'm a doctor of the shit I'm interested in. The one thing that I always wanted to write about but never could was music. Like, music was my longest, longest... Why not? I don't know how to write about tone. Mm -hmm. I'm intimidated by music. I'm totally intimidated by music. Music is magic to me. Like, I just... I'm just... I'm, you know... And I mean, I've been lucky. I have some really, really close friends. We we both know who are just incredible musicians from... You always supported... You be supporting though. Like, I, I ain't supporting. You. I'm enjoying the yeah, but I mean, shit out of myself. Yeah, but I mean, you fucking show up for some good I shit. Know. I yeah. show up because it's good. Yeah. Like, all them Jugs shows, all them Reverend Vince shows, like all them Chin Chin shows. Man, I miss Chin Chin. Me too. Chin Chin was the bomb. Yeah, that was like, shit. yeah. That was such a party and just watching yeah. them dudes and it's like, not like I took it for granted, but I was like, I was expected that it would become something else, you yeah. know? Yeah. But so I've been I've been really lucky to 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 experience so many great musicians, but I just I I'm intimidated. I don't know how to write about music. And like when my original plan was to write about graffiti, skateboarding, and music. And mm-hmm. then by the, when it came like, oh, I'm gonna write about music, I was like, wow. well, maybe later, you know? Maybe later. <sighs> I don't know how much more I got in me. I, the other yeah. reason I can't write about music is like you know. I'm gonna want me staying out till two, three o'clock in the morning. Like yeah, I yeah. can't stay out till two, three o'clock in the morning and like, you know, music starts at eleven thirty in this yeah, town. Does. Like I can't study that shit. Yeah. But um, you know, I figured like, ah, what the fuck, you know, like, I got two books. I write on subcultures. Like That's you know, shit. they'll look at they'll look at my shit and be like, yeah, you know, you should you should be part of this shit. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, dear Greggy. You can't be in a conference. And I was like, what? Really? Yeah. Straight up. You're like, but I'm already in. I'm but already I'm like, yeah, I'm like, really? I'm like, part of it. Really? I'm like, you got nothing for me? Wow. And so like. Why'd they say that? Did they give you a response or anything? They said that the, in the particular section that I was in that there were 100 papers submitted and they only accepted 80. Uh, and they That's s- a lot. Yeah, I know. So I'm one of 20 rejects. That's fucking a lot, though. <laughs> what? <laughs> what else do the people fucking write about? Well, this this woman said, um, like, I, I emailed the reviewer back and I was like, what the fuck? Really? Yeah. Like, like I, shit. I'm shit, not even good yeah. enough to get into, like, a fucking regular-ass conference. Wow. And the conference is here in New York. And I paid the goddamn fee too. I gotta get that fee back. Yeah, yeah. It's expensive, like two fifty or something. No, it's and all... so, um, and yeah, you gotta register. You gotta pay in order to use their online service to submit your shit. And this woman oh, said, "Yo, damn, I, rem- I hate that shit." She was like, "I remember your article. Like I read it first. It was it's super interesting." But she was also like, <laughs> "You know, but there were a lot of other, you know, a lot of other papers that were, you know." more completed projects. And I was like, I know. That's why I called it a working paper. And she was like, it was a little underdeveloped. And I'm like, fair enough. Okay. It was. Okay. So then I was like, well, fuck. I need to go to a conference this year. And it's two, three days away from the American Society of Criminology Conference, which is the conference I go to all the time, which is the one I met Jeff Farrell at. I about that one. That sounds crazy. So I emailed. And 
at ASC, which is going to be an SF this year, at American Society of Criminology, you just have to write an abstract. You have to sit, like, it's March. You're like, next November, I plan on having this shit better, but this is what I'm planning on doing. And sure. you, you kind of, like, create a crew with other people, and you create a panel. Okay. And, you know, oh, cool, cool, cool. You address some shit. So it's like, I went from, like, ASA don't want nothing to do with me. And these criminology, like, I emailed this criminology dude, like, what's, what's your plans for the criminology conference? He was like, I was just about to email you. Let's get this. And I oh, was shit. like, again. Huh. Second choice again. That's the shit. Yeah. I'm saying. So, yeah, like, that's the shit. <laughs> in two days, I wrote this, like, super quick thing on the bike thing. Like, yeah, yeah. tightened it up. But, like. But it was, so it was the same. So you used the same the piece same that you had thing, already started I, with the skeleton you filled her out. Yes. I finessed it with a little bit of, of crime shit. But also thinking about, like, one of the things that's messed up about bikes is that, like, you become this slave to a commodity system. Like, uh-huh. you want bikes, you want parts, you want... And all that money is leaving the community, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm interested in thinking about that. Do you that. know about the guy over here? So, when I moved here, because um, we're neighbors, we live down the street from each other, like, three blocks. I pass your house all the time, and I'll be, like, looking... <laughs> I'm out always. I'm like, uh, the lights on. I'm at, I'm a, I'm outside the crib like every night, like listen to podcasts. Oh shit, yeah, cool. I'm out there just yeah. kicking it. Yeah, I go over there, and so you know, there's this guy, this like Puerto Rican dude that has that bike shop on. Oh, that's not really a bike shop. Well, I know, but he sells bikes. Sort of. He, but he, not anymore though. He doesn't. Yeah, you he doesn't anymore. You couldn't go in there and ask for. Bike I parts. did. Oh, he, well. yeah, for me though, he, he was, probably sold but, you something. He right. was fucking full of disdain. It was crazy. Because I guess, you know, they changed in the neighborhood or whatever. Because I moved here, it was like the last remnants of people that have been here. Like the artists with the storefronts and stuff. And so I would go over there. And he, it was open. It was like a proper fucking shop. And I, then he got angry. He, then oh, he got yeah. super angry. Like, And so I'm still like, oh, I want to support the neighborhood. And like, Oh, man. I asked him for a seat once. And he was like, I got no fucking seats. Oh, like, yeah. He'll yell at like, There are 50 seats on the ceiling, yeah. man. With me, he was... Like, I bought a... Um, like a well now I have a really nice bike that Rodney gave me. It's like a cute little Bianchi's light. It's great. But but bef- before it? it's in it's in that room there. It's like it's a Celeste it's like Celeste that's my mom's name. Celeste Blue. It's just nice, great. Rodney rebuilt it for me. It's in the second room on the inside of the room. What? I There's that. a room there, yeah. Okay, well, whatever. Yeah. All yeah. Right. Well, well, I'll bring it by your house, yeah. It's all good. But I don't he, see uh, much. Yeah, he and but the guy down there, he sold me like it was basically what the delivery guys used to use. It was a super vo- fun, like, mountain bike that I can jump curbs and shit with. Mm-hmm. And so I went there. He sold it to me, like, 70 bucks. And so my, I used to work for this guy, Chico. I don't know if you know Chico, but he has a church on Pioneer Street, the robotic spot. So I used to work for him. So we're, like, riding bikes. And he's like, I was like, you should try to. I didn't know how mean the guy was. I was like, oh, there's a shop over there. Like, there's a new shop that opened there. Fuck them. Like, come over here. Let's do it down the street. And we went in there, and he was, like, basically, like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Not to me. He was cool with me. But he was so angry. And I'm like, so what do you... Okay. I was like, okay, I got you. I got you. All right. He's like, took you long enough. Yeah. Yeah. But he yeah. sold me bikes, though. So that man is so bikes. bikes. <laughs> he, he's fucking... That's he's the same so way. fucking mad. We used to go, like, uh, you know, in the East Village in the 90s. And, like, you'd go to, like, the Jamaican juice bar. Mm-hmm. And you walk in, they got, like, four old-ass carrots. And you oh, have straight. To, you have to have, like, the, the card. And you're, like, somebody walk in and be, like, can I get a juice? And they're, like, uh, uh, uh <laughs> Take fucking 35 minutes to make your shit? No, nah, they don't even make it. They're, like, no, nah, we don't really sell juice. Um, 
That's cool. So that's what's next for you? Do you gonna do you want to work on focus on bikes? Do you think you'll develop a book out of them? I don't know if I'll develop a book out of it. I mean, originally I was like, okay, this is gonna be the and it's like in both of the books I've written. Like I wrote articles first. Sure. You know, so I have to write an article. So and, you're gonna and, start. and there's a lot. I mean, I'm a long way away from from getting close to having this polished. And it's yeah. like, you know, I've uh, I've written two books back to back, and there's there's just not as much time as there was. I mean, we have a seven year old child. Yeah. I'm gonna be the chair. When's her birthday? It just passed. It just was. It's, it's January 29th. Um, Brooklyn's about to be seven. Yeah, Luna's, Luna's seven years old. It's so nice. She's so amazing. She really is. Oh yeah, she's she really it's just is. amazing, super fun, and she can paint. You gotta yeah, get down. I've seen her. Yeah, she should come by. I have Brooklyn on. Uh, I have her on Wednesdays. Oh. Every right. Wednesday, every Wednesday, I have her. We come here, we paint. That's her easel there, and she like you know. You, you should come over to the PS15 playground. Yeah, everybody's over there. Okay. When yeah, it's I'm nice right out, by. they were all there today. Like I had Brooklyn we were yesterday. Yeah. Like. Well, I pick her up from school on Wednesdays, and then we either go to the art studio, or we come here. And then okay. Fucking, she, it's great. She just paints. She's like, you just doing, you just doing one on one time. No screen time. No. No, but I mean, you name with other kids. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't. No, no fucking kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, and then, I'll, I'll come over there. That's you good. You just do anti stuff. Well, yeah. Oh, you I'm shit, man. I'll take her. We went to Spider Man again. Oh, so good. Oh, that's cool. No, I saw you guys so excited last night about the there was a guy that pulled up on a bike. You were so excited. What bike was that? I don't remember. Yeah, he pulled up on the scaffolding, and you were like, "Oh, baby." Yeah, he. Yeah, I. Well, I had just met him. At oh, the, you did. At the place previously. Yeah. In terms of like, I'm still working through like what I'm doing with the arguments surrounding this particular culture, mm-hmm. and I'm super interested in watching this culture develop and and trying to write about it as it does. But I've been really lucky in a short amount of time. I've made some good friends. Yeah good dudes that ride bikes and I I met this dude Jason he had a podcast okay what's it called it's called Cat 6 Cheese Mez what yeah, it's what's on it about Cat 6 Cheese Mez Cat 6 is the term for when you're riding in the street it's like an old messenger term you're riding in the street how do you spell it C-A-T 6 oh okay so like in cycling there are five categories oh, okay. so like if you're like a pro or like close to being a pro, you're category uh-huh. one. When oh, you're a beginner, okay. you're category five. But on the streets, messengers call it cat six or oh, cat six. And so when you're riding on the streets and all of a sudden like you lock eyes with somebody and you get into an impromptu race and you're like uh, racing through traffic and shit. shit. And like so it, yeah, so if you beat somebody you call it like cat six and uh, that's shit. like I did not know so that. Every me neither. I just discovered the that's podcast because I awesome. found it on a blog. Yeah. And like I remember it was two years ago and I just bought my bike and I was getting into podcasts. I mean I was getting into track bikes and I found this podcast and like I crushed twenty four episodes of that podcast in twelve days. And nice. I was just like and you know, I don't think I listened on the weekend. Like I was just going at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And I, like, I devour some podcasts. On the podcast, sure. they were mentioning like riding out at the Casino Velodrome, yeah. which is in Queens, the track. And so I just uh I went out there and I found a dude, Jason, and introduced myself. It was like I listened to, I was like, Are you Jason? He's like, Yeah. I was like, I listened to every single one of your episodes awesome. of the podcast, like I'm a sociologist, like da 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 da. And 
we just kind of became friends immediately. Awesome. And he was just like he, teaching me mad shit about the culture. And he's a really talented racer. Cool. And then I, you know, I met the dudes he does it with, like Cisco. Shout out to Cisco, Gabe. Shout out to Gabe. Like super duper good folks, and they they've really been super welcoming. And I've learned so much about their culture and just had a real nice time <laughs> riding fun. Bi- yeah. just riding it's bikes with these fools. You know, yeah. I go watch them do races like. Pfft. I think Watching I'm going to go to a race, race next, uh, next week. My friend, his name... Um, there's, a, there's a race tomorrow night. Um, where? Central Park. Oh, really? It's, yeah, it's dope. It's called Blind Date. And so huh. they get like 10, 15, probably an even number of people, and they put the names in the hat, and it's track bikes only, and you got to... One-on-one? Par- no, you got to be a partner. Oh. So you're a team. Oh. Blind, blind Date, get it? Oh. You're a team. You got to be like, okay, we got to work together and... First squad that comes across. That's fucking dope. I know, but it's in Central Park. I don't feel like going all the way. Up um, the my Saturday friend night. Ray, who's like one of my closest friends, like one of my closest friends. I've known him since I moved to New York. He's in Philly. He's like uh, just crazy as fuck. So we used to fucking wild out. But he's like got a, his wife and a kid now. He's like very calm. And but he's he races bikes. And so I talked to him today, and he's like, oh, I'm racing in Jersey next week. So I think I'm gonna go. Like, I'm like, is hell a, yeah. Yeah, I'm, well, you got to make sure, like, it's a criterion so you can see him more than once. Yeah, <laughs> I'll ask him. I don't know. I was just like, I want to just go. Oh, that's cool. Okay, hold on. Criterion, that's what it's called? Well, a criterion goes around a circuit. So that's a circuit. You know, like laps. Okay. So if they're going so around see, laps, yeah. you yeah. can see the dudes more than once. What's that? So is there anything else, like, that you have coming up that you want to plug or anything? Plug? I mean, yeah. I would like people to read my current book. Tell us your, the names of your book. Both of them? Yeah, fuck it. The first book is called Graffiti Lives, and people always ask me, like, is it Graffiti Lives? And I'm like, nah, if you read the book, you know it's about the lives of the people. Right, yeah. So it's Graffiti Lives. Um, the subtitle is Beyond the Tag in New York's Urban Underground, but yeah. I'm not responsible for that. That was NYU. Well, they. Okay. Like insisted, and I was like, "That title sucks." They're like, like "You have to explain." No, no. It. I gave them all these reasons, and they were like, "Listen, I had to fight for graffiti lives, so just shut up." <laughs> so I was like, "Oh shit!" So then, for the second book, the second book is called "Skateboarding LA: Inside Professional Street Skateboarding." Yeah, the book describes the culture of skateboarding, and you know, sort of most specifically, the culture of like pro skateboarding. Um, it describes tricks, it describes the whole process of how you become pro, and, you know, there was a lot of, like, emerging folks that I met that went on to do really good things, cool. like, Nick Tucker, shout out to Nick, awesome dude, he rides for Primitive, Diego Najera rides for Primitive, Siba nice. Walker rides for Crooked, my man Matt Gottwig, who was the first dude in my book, and also the last dude in my Very book, nice. like, he rides for Crooked also, Paul Hart, shout out to him. Like, so many of these folks who, okay. like, you know, made careers while I witnessed yeah, it. Yeah, it was yeah. just thrilling. And it also, like, I write about the liberation of the courthouse when, like, skaters came together to, like, lobby the community, of, like, community council or the city council of West L.A. in order to make skateboarding legal at this particular famous spot. Okay, and my okay. brother Aaron was one of the people, along with Alec Beck, awesome. who was, like, really pioneering this effort. So, um... Yeah, so the, 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 the book sort of traces an important moment in culture, and, you know, it does a lot of subculture theory stuff, but it also just gives you a real sense of skateboarding culture, I, like I think. It. I mean, like... It does, yeah. 
Uh, I make uh, I miss some shit. I miss I some mean, shit. I miss the aesthetics of what it's like to be a company owner. So each skateboard company has to have its own sort of, you know, uh, 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 some aesthetic consistency. And I didn't write about that. I wish I would have, like, spoken to more women. Why don't you do I, it I, now? Well, I do now. Yeah, I mean, but you can... Do you think that you can do, like, something else? What do you mean? Like, maybe it wouldn't like, be a full book, book, but maybe a series of articles or something smaller piece? I mean, that'd I be might, I mean, the same thing happened with graffiti. What happens, basically, is that, like... Like, you write a book, and then somebody will come up with a project. Like, they want to do, like, an edited collection of some shit. Sure. And they'll reach out to me and be like, yo, you know, we write something for this. And you so, should do a photo book. You should work with a photographer and do, like, a photo book of that shit. Like, when you, were talk- when you were talking about the, the bikes and I the got photos and stuff. The, but, the, I mean, like, it would be cool to see... I, I don't know. I'm an artist. I'm like, it would be cool to see them illustrated or something. Like, a series of your favorite bikes or your favorite... Yo, man, I mean, there, there are a lot of photographers yeah. in this bike scene, but there's not a lot of filmers. Yeah. And in part, that's... No, there's be- not, yeah. Because you got to have the skill set to follow another dude in traffic on a fixed-gear bike. Could you and do that? Me? Yeah. Fuck no. Do you know people that can do it? Of course, but there's only two or three folks in the game. Terry Berenson is one. I mean, shout out to him. Um... Yeah, I've never seen really any bike videos. I see skate videos. There's a couple skateboard videos are so beyond in terms yeah. of their technical sophistication. Yeah. So incredible. Um, but, you know, it doesn't require any fitness. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Yeah, like, it doesn't. You know, first of all, me. I'm 50 years old. I'm a bit overweight. And, like... You look good. If I, thank you. If I were to follow people in traffic, like, I would be putting my shit on the line for... for and I don't do that shit. Like got, I, yeah, yeah. I write about other people's yeah, shit. Yeah, like, yeah. I can't be... I can't be doing that kind of shit. Yeah. But, like, eventually this culture will start figuring out how to share the really dope content. Because, like, the kind of shit that they're doing in the streets is... No. And I just see, like, I was riding down. Well, I, I love, I have a car I drive all the fucking time. I love fucking driving. So I was, like, coming from Harlem and I was driving out 2nd Avenue. Because mm-hmm. I, like, also driving the streets. Like, I, I try to stay up the highway. And there was one day last summer, I think. I'm probably at 43rd Street or something. And then, I mean, 300 dudes on bikes went by. Like, 300 kids on bikes rode by. Were they little kids doing wheelies and shit? Yes. Yeah. This they is were just, teenagers, this yeah. This is PK Ripper culture. I was These like, dudes, motherfucking they, they, what? I was they like, got it. They got oh. the videos. And I was, that shit was ill. I was behind them. And the people in the other cars were like, man. Because I just, I'm chilling that was the in my shit, car. That was the shit that RB sent me last night. Like, our, so RB good. pays attention to everything. I get so man. excited about that. I was so excited. I'm yeah, like, look, yes. I have, yeah, this shit right there. RB sent you that? No, nah, I'm gonna show you right I here. I wanna Look, see, yeah. There, there was this woman, like, she passed away. Her fucking name was Arilla. Yes. It sucks. She got f- murdered by a fucking truck in Williamsburg. God damn. But, like, this was, like, her memorial ride. What? See, that's on the Williamsburg Bridge. Like, you know, Arilla was part of the fixie scene, and these fools showed up to this thing, and. What do you call that? What, what kind of ride you said? That? Well, what kind of. What is the. That those thing bikes called? are called PK Rippers. Okay. That's a brand. That's the fatty one. Kind of most people, yeah, they're basically like um, we used to call them cruisers or like BMX bikes with twenty six inch wheels. Sure. But yeah, this this particular culture came out strong and like everybody got the same bike. It's so it's crazy. dope. It's so it's dope. Fuck, it makes me so happy. 
I like, like it on motorcycles, man, but those are harder to get. Yeah. My dad was in a motorcycle club. I grew up in a motorcycle club. Oh, that's sick. There's a bunch yeah. of cultures. There's an yeah. uptown, there's an uptown like motorcycle club called the Go Hard Boys. Check in on okay. them fools, man. Oh, they got a bunch of videos and they on these motorcycles just ripping. And it's oh, like, that's dope. Yeah. Yeah, the Go yeah. Hard Boys. And they do actually they do a collab with um with a hardware company that Tyshawn Jones is part of. I forgot what it's called. Super dope though. Yeah, my dad, um, he was in a club and my mom, and so he took us to school every day on a motorcycle. That's yeah, the Harley sick. now. Yeah, but they did the road trips and yeah, it was my babysitters were all like the um bikers? the other bikers, their daughters. Oh, yeah, it would cool. be like their daughter. So all my friends were like. So you you grew up I grew in biker up culture. In biker culture, yeah, yeah. Like leather jackets. My and dad, the whole leather, thing. and my mom. Yep, yep. I grew up in biker culture. Are like, both your parents? Um, what is what what is the ch- First Nations you're from? Your people are um, Choctaw. Iroquois. You're no, Iroquois. Iroquois. Yeah, so I'm Iroquois, and then my so my family we're Ottawa and Chippewa, which is all Iroquois. And then, oh, Ottawa and Chippewa. I knew, yeah, I thought, yeah, yeah, okay. I thought it was and then Chippewa. a part. So my mom, my grandmother, are part of a different tribe, the Saginaw Chippewas. Me and my sisters and like a bunch of my cousins are part of the Little River Ottawa band. And, and, oh, Little and that, River. Yeah, and that's like way up in the pinky. Yeah, because yeah, 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 no, that's Upper Peninsula. Super fucking beautiful. That's why like Wisconsin. My yeah, family goes Wisconsin. to Wisconsin to like when they're gonna go out of town because like, there's a ferry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They go to Green Bay. Yeah, it's, or Door County. Uh-huh, right? that's yeah. Gonna, yeah, that's dope. Yeah, because I didn't. Well, in Detroit, you didn't go to. So Wisconsin. none of your parents are African American. No, neither of them. No, wow. no, no. We're that's we're Indian. We Indian motherfuckers. Indian. Yo, do you, <laughs> yeah. Indian quiz. Where did the red power? Where did the a, where did AIM start? I don't know. What city? I don't know. It's pretty easy to guess if you think about it. AIM is the American Indian Movement. Mm, well, I guess in DC. Nope. Or um, maybe um, Indiana in uh, Cahokia, because I know in Cahokia that's where they had all, that was like basically was the DC. So the American culture, the way the, the their diplomatic system. That was based on the Iroquois nation. Well, the nations, and we were like they would basically send two representatives, like senators. They would send people. Yeah, to, I know to Cahokia, about that. Which is St. Louis. Anyways, American Indian movement started in Minneapolis. Okay. Because there's a lot of indigenous folks. Up yeah, there. there are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that and makes sense. The, the Red Power movement. I'll look. I'll but look the other thing that you know, I tell my students this shit, which is that like, you know that the American Constitution is based on the Iroquois Confederation. Yeah. yeah. And the Iroquois Confederation had 13 tribes. Yep. America yeah. started with 13 colonies. Yeah, and, and think yeah, about that shit, yeah. too, because 13 is an unlucky number. Why would you start a country with an unlucky number? Oh, it's all you know. Also, so me and B went to, um, there's a, there's, we were checking out pyramids, you know, that predate the ones in Africa. There's a bunch in the Americas, and there was a bunch of mounds. And so there's one in, in Cahokia, which is, that was like the, it's Where's called Cahokia? Monk's Mount. Cahokia is St. Louis. It's St. Louis. And there's, there's a, a pyramid in St. Louis? Yeah, and there's one that's just, if you go right is to Kentucky. Is it preserved? It's, yeah, yeah, it's fucking, it's, um, I mean, grass has grown over it, but, and it's called Monk's Mound. And people kind of just jog on that shit now, but like. For we, real? Yeah, there's a How pyramid there. How do you spell there. that? C-A, um, let me see, H-O-C-H-I-A or something like that. But when we got out there, we're like, all right, we're going to drive there. Oh, Cahokia Mounds. Yeah, Cahokia. Yeah, we have some friends that live in the, um, ah, what's the name of the, um, oh, I'm spacing. The Shinnecock. Uh Uh-huh. They're from the Shinnecock tribe. And, like, they're, like, they're, like, vice presidents and presidents of it and shit. And it's, like, 
Um, the Shinnecock tribes treaties, are, earliest treaties are not with the U.S. government. They're with England because they predate America as a state. Yeah, well, it was like the Dutch were here, and you know, by the time the shit. English, by the time the English and shit were coming. Look at this. They were fucking nasty. That is crazy. Yeah. So yeah, I, I you know I grew up in powwows and all that whole. Well, I knew that, but the I, whole I, thing. I thought, I thought, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought I knew your your mom and your grandmother yeah. were native folk, but I thought your dad was black. I thought your dad was. He's, I mean, he's black. He's not African though. He's just right, he's yeah, not African. Don't try. We're just we're indigenous. Yep, yep. So that's, it's that's, pretty, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's I'm American as fuck. Yeah. I'm like wild. Native American. Yeah, I'm like I'm indigenous. Yeah. Native American. It's pretty cool. Cause was I, it weird when people started like were you born at a time when like people said Indian and then they started to say Native American? It, that doesn't bother me. Well Indian is No, weird. not bother you, but it, it yeah, was yeah, that yeah. weird. It's weird because it's like How can you be native reach? to some, how can you be native to something that didn't exist? Yeah, it's really weird. It's really weird because it's, it just becomes like, because we call it, we're like Indian or, you know, people say First Nation, but when you're yeah, on the reservation, you just say we're Indian, you know? Of course, but that's also yeah. the inversion yeah. of the oppressor's label. Like, if when you. It's f- also, yeah, I mean, but it's also like a color, Indios. It's like people still use that. And people, and in this Mexico, was known they call it Indios. Yeah, all the time. yeah, Indios. And, and this place was also when they were coming here to so called discover it, they yeah, were. All this was, this was Indian. Also, she's 37% yeah. Native. She looked like it, yeah. She, I could, when I first saw her, I was like, oh, she's like, the blood oh, this sure. yeah, it's, this, is, this is you know, this is the Bering Strait. Yeah, yeah, seriously. So, um, I didn't really think about that because we just were spent time going to the res and stuff. This book right here actually is my um, my uncle wrote this book here. Oh, okay. It's called Walk with Peace because I come from a line of storytellers and artists, oh, and shit. and a lot of storytellers would come through their house. So he died a couple years ago. My grandma's uh-huh. uh, brother. So my grandmother. So this would come. is Iroquois. Yeah, my grandma. Would, I live on he wrote. Iroquois I think Street. he wrote this to me, or this is to not Sister Toots. This is to my grandmother. So he wrote one. to Your me. Your grandmother. That's respect. Yeah, and um, but she would come and read the stories to my class and shit, and hmm. you know, I would get teased. And, did, did you go to regular schools yeah. or Indian schools? No, oh, I just went to regular schools in Detroit. No shit. Yeah, but she would come and. She would read these stories. I didn't even think, I didn't know any, any difference until I was... Found in writing. Ojibwa. I know about yeah, Ojibwa. Ojibwa. Yeah. Oh, because in Wisconsin, there are quite a few, like... Yeah, I mean, the land was pretty much... Ojibwa. It's uh, Michigan, it cool Canada, fucking. you know, northern, the, uh, the Upper Peninsula, Wisconsin. Like, that's where that landmass is. You know? Yeah. It's a tribal land. So, yeah, that's, so I'm lucky to be connected with it, you know, for that's sure. That's dope. I mean, there are a whole bunch of people that are disconnected. Yeah, we it's were very like, lucky. Man, we I mean, spent, shout out, we shout spent out a lot of time, guys. and uh, I'm happy that that they, that when we spent time going to powwows, we spent time going and, like, learning about the land and actually being on it. And, uh, that's, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. The cool. first storyteller was an old man that the village called... Kiwazi. <laughs> yeah. Like that dude Kiwazi. He wrote several books. Yeah. The so these dudes, like, was it a uh Indian specific motorcycle club? No, my it was, was just some Indi- it was just some Really? Just some Detroit shit. Some Detroit like shit? That, but, yeah, my but those those motherfuckers were pretty avowed I mean not anymore, but pretty avowed white supremacists. Like well, it's a, it was a black club in Detroit. Cause it, it was a black club, so you just part of the black club. Yeah, yeah, my oh, dad's, okay. yeah, it was just a regular black club. And we um, we just, but they were very nice, you know, like now there's this whole thing with the bike culture there that has changed. There's a lot of really aggressive 
ones yeah, that have come. And, and also, like, demanding dues from sh- motherfuckers like my dad and his old-ass friends. You know, like, there it's uh, Magnificent Seven. They've been... I think he started riding when I... I mean, I must have been, like, eight. That's when I remember yeah. him getting his, his uh, colors. Was oh, when I was yeah. Like yeah. That's dope. So, yeah, my mom, she told me... She told me that for her initiation, she had to stand on top of a table and down a bottle of liquor. And they were, like, all, like... Oh, my God. Like, rooting her on, she, you know. But, yeah, that was... Throwing her guts up? Yeah, that's what we did. See, that's I'm sure I'm she did. Though, yeah, we went... But that's what's up. Some cultures are deep. Like, yeah, it was a shit. You create community. Yeah, it, it was a shit. It don't matter what it is. Yeah, Bikes it was, or whatnot. Yeah, that's why I always think I was, like, drawn to skater culture. I was drawn to, like, you know, kind of these subcultures because I grew up part of one. You know, and I'm like, oh, because you're just kind of same team in it. And you, you kind of have this thing that you're into and you get a support group and you guys can ride together and protect each other. So when I moved here, I was su- I was super protective of um, motorcycles because out in Michigan, there's like wild, wide roads. You can just ride your bike. But here, everyone drives so fucking aggressive. They'll be like yeah, on the yeah. to- on top of these bikes. And I'm like... You you can't Dude, I rode you can't do that shit. I rode a hundred and fifty cc scooter when we first moved to Red Hook. I would ride and like cabbies would actively try to hit. They you. want to fucking kill you. They yeah, would yeah, actively yeah. like yeah. like you go around them and you're like yeah uh, I'm going around you. I'm starting at the light first. They'll fuck off. Fucking yeah, of course. And like I had to do this right on Ninth Street. Dude didn't like try to hit me in the back of my wheel and I was like okay this is fucked. I would ride to work, it was in the winter, and I'd ride back, and, like, fucking bridges are, like, the Manhattan Bridge has the, you know how the bridge comes together like this? Yeah, The yeah. Manhattan Bridge has these big gaps, and the wheels of the scooter's only about this big, and you gotta go over that shit, and I was like, oh, fuck, excuse me. And, uh, then I started riding over the Brooklyn Bridge, it was much easier, and then, like, Alma got pregnant, and, like, when I would ride the bike... I could not get out of my head that like I was gonna fall and die. Got him. Like I was just like, my dad had gotten it for me. We took it back down to Florida. We wound up giving it to my brother-in-law. I was like, I can't. Fucking Meanwhile, my it. father can't fucking, fucking drove me and my sisters to school on that fucking yeah, bike. Yeah, but I mean, he's part of the in like, the in the snow in Minnesota, <laughs> like hardcore as fuck, like. In the snow, going to school in Detroit. But it was cool. It was cool. It was cool. But that's like bike messengers driving yeah. their kids on the bike. Like, But he had a Kawasaki. I think it was a 1200 then. Yeah. Or he had a 900. And I was like, oh, I'm going to... Is this a selfie stick? It is, yeah. Oh, you're hilarious. I got a travel show, so I use that. Yeah, you got a lot of shit, man. Yeah, so you got a lot of shit. I'm I actually... Pro- Made, I'm proud of you. I made wild fun of these things. Like I was like, oh, fucking can tell these And then Baron gave it to me, and he's like, you can film yourself. And I was like, this is actually the shit. So when I was is in this Mexico, what you filmed all your shit with? Well, I use a uh, Sony, and then I use a GoPro, and then my iPhone. Yeah. So I wow. use this, and it was actually good because I can. And I was like, oh, I'm the asshole that I make fun of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. Super fucking hypocritical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, got but I was like, God damn, her arms are fucking long. No, yeah, no, no, long. <laughs> but your arms, are long. your arms are long. <laughs> your arms are yeah, long. This bitch got a Bluetooth on it. I was like, oh shit, you know. So I actually, um, this really has Bluetooth. It has Bluetooth, yeah. Alright. It's it's actually the shit, yeah. At, at what point like, are you gonna turn off the tape recorder? Like you're just. I'm gonna it, cut it off. I'm just talking. You, you I just want to talk to my friends. Else? No, if okay. there's anything else you want to no, say. No, it's good. No, yeah, yeah, we talking, but like. I'm gonna cut some shit out. Yeah, you gotta cut a lot of shit out. This is gonna be long as how many? I'm gonna make it. We've been well. The first thirty minutes were just us talking shit. 
Yeah, yeah, whatever. Thanks for coming to Hi. my house and recording in my house where I recorded my first studio sitting right here on my computer. You're the shit. You always supported me and I oh, appreciate you. Of course. Thank you so much. I'm super proud of you. And I'm psyched. Thank you. Like, this is this is cool. Like you're also like you did one with Scotty. I did. Like No, I didn't even record with Scotty yet. He recorded my my intro song. Yeah, I saw okay. That's it's good. Cool. Emily yeah, it Panic, good. um I saw Leola. Oh my god, yeah, it's it's dope. It's, you should, it'll, you that'll gotta, come out in two weeks. You got to get Emily on the thing. Like, She's going to come out. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, she'll be just, here. You just got to get she'll s- be here. squad up. I got so many dope-ass motherfucking friends. I know. Thank I you so much. Wait. My pleasure. Till next week. Peace. Yeah. Fucking reject. What about peace? Jacked.